Good evening. I am the Toaster. Tonight, we'll be diving back into the 19th century, and this week will not be as easy as last week. I will be taking you to a party which only ends in bloodshed and torment. Our dear friend Edgar Allan Poe has been invited to an event by and for Baltimore's most affluent and prestigious individuals. At the same time, a man known as the Red Death had been wreaking havoc upon the city, laying waste to countless victims. To quote Mr. Poe, the Red Death had long been feeding on the country. No sickness had ever been so deadly, so great a killer, or so fearful to see. Blood was its mark, the redness and the horror of blood. It was not a sickness, however, but a scourge, a man who had moonlighted as a murderer. Rufus Griswold found himself to be unlucky enough to experience the horror of the Red Death's violence too. Tonight, we find ourselves in the usual place. Baltimore, 1849. Griswold has just arrived in the city and learned of Poe's whereabouts. So, he goes to confront the man. Baltimore. It smells like wet dog and putridity. Fitting that Poe would end up here. It feels like the city's filth clings to my clothes and hair. I cannot stay here longer than a few days, lest the depravity of this place will set in. Poe is at some party for a wealthy lawyer. It is truly perplexing that someone so lowly received an invitation to this. He's a rodent! Mice don't rub elbows with cats. Perhaps they will devour him tonight, should I be so lucky. For some reason, he is arriving particularly late. I saw the invitation myself. He left it on the table in the restaurant where he ate this morning. I walked past and saw the invitation. He's nearly three hours late. Why, Poe? Oh my. I knew that Dr. Prosper was of a wealthy family, but I had no idea he had such an elegant sense for decor. Yes, it is quite ornate, isn't it, my dear? You know the terror we've been feeling about this maniacal red death? Why must he target those of us who've been fortunate in life? Our dear friend, Dr. Prospero, has handled all of this with such grace, although he has seemed a bit overzealous. Though I do not mind that he's locking all the doors now that we're here. Yes, it does seem a necessary precaution. It would be impossible for the Red Death to get inside now. Yes, and Dr. Prospero is still bent on holding this lavish masquerade, complete with food of all sorts, drink, and music. Look at that magnificent stone wall, and, and the lights, and the music. I would love to get lost in here. Ah, oh, look at the brilliant windows of colored glass in each room. I overheard a guest say that there are seven colored rooms here in total, each more enthralling and elaborate than the last. I did see that on the board on our way in. 
I heard that the last room is painted dark, black as night, with a thick black carpet. The window in that room, though, is apparently a rouge, a deep blood red color. My, Edward, is it not strange how everything went so deafeningly quiet when the clock chimed? Yes, it is. Hmm. I wouldn't think much of it, though. I'm actually quite famished. Can I get you something from the dining cart? Just a glass of water would suffice for me, I believe. Thank you. I will meet you back in the blue room. Right away. What could be taking him so long? I've been waiting here patiently for what has it been? Almost an hour now? He must be gorging himself on food. The fool. I should go look for him. I'm feeling a bit tired and it, it is getting quite late. Midnight already? I did tell Roloff to meet me in the blue room, did I not? Who? Who is that? That masquerader? I have not seen him before. Or maybe I had, but not noticed? He's just standing there, tall and slender. And, and his mask. He looks like a dead man. He, he looks like the Red Death. I must find Roloff. Where has he gone off to? I believe if I hadn't so obviously dressed as the Red Death myself, I would have slipped away unnoticed. But Dr. Prospero did see me. Everyone saw me. The looks on their faces shifted from shock to fear to anger and back to fear. I was ecstatic to see them realize who was standing before them. Dr. Prospero was fearful at first, but he snapped out of it in short time. He demanded to know who I was, to have me grabbed and unmasked. But as the men came to seize me, they all stopped, dead in their tracks. Knowing what I'm capable of, no man would willingly lay a finger on me. The men have just stopped. They're refusing to go near him. And he, he's just 
sauntering around. Where is he going? We must be going into the black and red room. Why, why is he just standing there? Hands together as if in prayer and in front of his body. Who are you? Reveal yourself or die! <gasps> Dr. Prospero, what are you doing? Uh. 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 Suddenly, only three or four feet away from the Red Death, Dr. Prospero screamed and then fell down, dead. I had between my palms a long, narrow piece of glass, which entered Dr. Prospero's chest with much ease. The man died instantly. Once they realized what had happened, some men rushed toward the Red Death, but they too ended up succumbing to whatever, whatever was emanating from the figure's palms. One by one, I moved through the house and stabbed, maimed, killed each bystander until at last there was but one woman left. My guest. Stay away from me! I beg you! Relax, my dear. I promise you won't feel a thing. I have a family, I beg you! I have a family too. I had a family. What happened to them? Well, I killed them, of course. They were slowing me down, keeping me from the game. The game? Yes. <laughs> of course. The game in this game. I don't understand. Hunting men. We are, after all, the most dangerous and elusive game to hunt. Please, please let me go. I won't say anything to anyone. You do realize, darling, that only one person will be let go tonight, and it is, unfortunately, not you. Who is it? He's on his way now. Be at peace, my dear. If you were sending me to God, at least let me see your face. Edward! Oh my God. Good Lord. Madam, speak. What happened here? He's... Uh, he's... he's here. <coughs> the Red... the Red Death. He's come for us. Where is he, madame? Has he gone? The Red Death. <coughs> he found us. My Ed. <sighs> oh my god. My god. Hello. Is anyone here still alive? Please, I can help you. Hello? My god. Rufus. Rufus. We have to leave now. So much blood. My god. Listen to me. 
It was the Red Death. The Red Death did this. Bodies. Everywhere. Rufus, we have to go now. What did you do? What did you do to these people? What did I do? I did nothing. Nothing. You, you bring death everywhere you go. You attract it. I do not. I write, Rufus. I write. I do not seek out these things. Especially not this. You will hang for this. I didn't kill these people. You knew it was going to happen. You knew. How? How could I have known? I've been hunting you down all day. I know you manufacture your stories. What? I don't know what you're talking about, Rufus. You put someone up to it. You know the Red Death. Why would I manufacture stories when I could just write them? Think, man. People buy your stories because they're true. People buy my stories because I'm a good writer. This here, this carnage is not my doing. Believe me, Griswold, we have to go now. Gentlemen, if you leave, you'll miss out on the most crucial part of this particular drama. Who said that? The Red Death, of course. You're the Red Death. In the flesh. We need to leave. If you depart so soon, gentlemen, you won't know who I am. You can relax, Mr. Poe. You're safe. And what about me? What about you? I don't know who you are, to be perfectly honest. My principal interest in this affair was the arrival of Mr. Poe. Why? Well, you're a storyteller, my friend, and you can tell this story like no other. You are, after all, the master of the macabre. He's not that good. If you don't shut your mouth, I'll cut your tongue out of your head and let you bleed to death. That's what I thought. Now, Mr. Poe, I feel it only fair that I introduce myself to you. I would prefer you didn't. No? Why might that be? You'll have to kill me, would you not? Tisk tisk. Thought you were smarter than that. If I kill you, I won't have anyone worthy to tell my tale. If you don't tell this story, this poor woman here dies in vain. Poor sweet lady. You know, she was the last one I killed, the poor girl. The fear in her eyes. How safe she thought she'd be tonight. It's a shame, really. Mr. Poe, don't let these people die in vain. The other thing, Mr. Poe, is if you don't produce an account, I'll go on killing until you finally do. All those bodies will pile up, and then, one day, I'll kill you. And if I do tell it? I'll disappear, perhaps never to be seen again. But you? You'll have stopped a madman from killing again. Poe, we need to go. If you speak one more time, sir, you will meet the same fate as the good doctor upstairs. What was his fate? A narrow piece of glass to the heart, thin as to prolong the death of the victim, but not without immense agony. Why did you do it that way? 
Why didn't you just cut his throat? Now where is the joy in a quick cut such as that? I have mastered the precision of blades. Shouldn't I take full advantage of it? You're a doctor. Dr. Edward Roloff. I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Poe. I don't have too much more to share with you, admittedly. I simply want you to write my story. As you've said. There's a copy of tonight's details in the room at the very end of the hall. It's pinned to the chest of Dr. Prospero. Has anyone lived tonight? Only you, sir. I made quick work of the rest. And my friend here? An excellent question. What do you think? Should he live? Of course. Why would I have a reason to think otherwise? Just moments ago, did he not accuse you of intentionally manufacturing your stories for monetary gain? What kind of friend is he? He's a good man. Jealous and crazy, perhaps. He lives for tonight, but failed to write the story. His still-beating heart will be buried in your floorboards for you to hear. Bonsoir, gentlemen. Oh, and please, don't try and find me. Poe. Now do you believe me, you bastard? I... Yes. You're welcome. Go in that room and get the letter he wrote for me. I'll prepare a horse. Me? Yes, you. I saved your life tonight. At whose expense? What do you mean, your own life? Look around you, Poe. Bodies everywhere. Cut open and bled out. Like pigs. There's not a single spot of marble that isn't dyed red. I didn't do this. No, no. It may not have been your hand that slayed these poor people, but your stories, your pen, it is dripping with their blood. In what way? You started writing these stories, and madness has followed you since. You cannot hold me accountable for the actions of a lunatic. One lunatic, no. But you've witnessed many lunatics. A man who walled his friend up into the catacombs. Someone who blacked out and ripped his fiancée's teeth out of her head. An artist who let his wife die so he could paint a damned portrait. Face it, Edgar. These people are attracted to your storytelling. I didn't ask for it, Rufus. I didn't ask to be the voice of the deranged. I don't believe you did. But here we are, in a room surrounded by countless bodies. A famed serial killer, having just confessed he did all of this for you. What would you have me do? Honestly, Poe. Quit. Give up the pen. You'd like that. From a personal point of view, yes, I would. But I'm not saying this out of selfishness. I'm saying this to prevent any further carnage from happening. Oh, you're a talented writer. Sometimes, sometimes I wish I was as talented as you. But listen to me. If these stories are true as you claim, if they're non-fiction, then you must stop writing. Rufus, 
a tragedy to the world, perhaps. No longer are you the sensational writer the people have come to love. But consider this an act of love for your audience, a way of paying back the people who have devoured your works. If I don't write the Red Death story, he'll continue to kill. Don't be naive. He's going to kill again and again whether or not you tell this story. No, tonight it ends. You must stop. I can't, Rufus. Then you are responsible for the deaths of countless people. The story ended up getting published, The Mask of the Red Death, and the words of Dr. Roloff were elaborated upon. Unfortunately, Griswold was right. After hiding the bodies of his wife and daughter, he continued to plague the country. He would go unarrested for years after that, but at his trial, he spoke not a word. He merely laughed when the verdict of death by hanging was handed down. At the gallows, the very same gallows that snapped the neck of James Barron, in fact, Dr. Roloff said one final thing. When I get to hell, I'll tell Mr. Poe, you all send your regards. <laughs> the bodies of Dr. Roloff's wife and daughter were never uncovered. Poe did in fact die before Dr. Roloff was caught for that story, dear listener, you'll have to wait until next week, the final installment of my program. Until then, listener, good night. <laughs> <laughs>